I'm going to be honest, I'm nervous. I have never spoke to a group this large. I pastored a little church in the middle of nowhere for uh, five years, and I loved it. Uh, the largest we had at one day was 83. Um, according to the fire marshal on that day, we weren't supposed to have that many people in the building, but we still had a good time. Um, I, uh, uh, whenever I was in Bible college, they always said you were supposed to uh, break the ice with a joke, and I thought about telling one about broken pencil, but decided there was no point. So we're, here we are. A couple chuckles. There we go. Um, go ahead and take your Bible and turn with me to First Peter. First uh, Peter, and we're going to um, look at one verse in First Peter, chapter number three, and verse number eight, and then we're going to end up jumping over to Mark um, and, and, and uh, chapter number uh, uh, one of Mark. But let me look at one verse here in First Peter, chapter three, uh, verse number eight. And uh, as the custom is here at Central, if you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of the scriptures, First uh, Peter, chapter number three, and verse number eight, the Bible says this. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 8. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. And I would like to jump over to uh, Mark uh, in chapter number 1 of Mark. Chapter number 1 of Mark. Uh, there in your second book of your New Testament, if you've gone to Luke, you've gone too far. Uh, Mark chapter number 1. Uh, and verse number 41 is where we're going to pick up. And we will visit this passage again, but I, I'm trying to get to one word in particular. Uh, Mark chapter number 1 and verse number 41, the Bible says this. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him. And saith unto him, I will be thou clean. Let me pray. Dear Lord, help me. I, I'm nervous. Uh, is a great responsibility to be able to stand behind uh, this pulpit and speak to your saints. God, I don't want to take that lightly. I believe you've given me a message and an opportunity to be a help. But God, I can't do it without you. I need your courage. I need your strength. Lord, use me to reach your people with what you have for them. And me. We ask this all in your holy name. Amen. You may be seated there. I bring your uh, attention to that word compassion. And that is really what we're going to be looking at tonight. I think compassion is something that we are lacking. I know uh, in my own life I find myself, uh, uh, in, in, especially in this day and age where we're always having to move on to the next thing. We've always got something going on. There's always something uh, that, that we have to bring up, that we bring our focus to that uh, in my own life I, I, I oftentimes miss out on compassion. Uh, I do not want to confuse it with sympathy. Sympathy and compassion are two different things. Sympathy is a feeling. Sympathy says, but compassion does. My goal with this message is to first uh, build some groundwork, and then we're going to look at some examples of Jesus' compassion, and then we're going to follow back up with the groundwork that was laid. And I think uh, by the end of it, we'll have something that can be a help to us as we go out and, and try to minister to those uh, that God has given us divine appointments to reach and to, to, to be a help to. Uh, I looked at that first verse, First Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, where it says, Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion. 
It's a, not a suggestion. It was a, it was a, a, a command. It was something that we were told to do, to have compassion. In Jude 22, it talks about, and have some having compassion. Talking about reaching people. In John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus specifically speaks, he speaks and he says, A new commandment give I unto you that ye love one another. In Galatians 6, 2, we're told to bear ye one another's burdens. So we see here we have a charge, a challenge, given to us 2,000 years ago to have compassion, to love the way Jesus loved. But I don't think we can do that without looking at examples of Jesus' compassion. I have, uh, I have six, uh, but I promise you I will talk fast. I have six examples of Jesus' compassion. Each one of the examples, now some of them are repeated multiple times in Scripture. We'll look at the feeding of the four and the feeding of the 5,000. Both of those accounts are, mul- are listed multiple times in Scripture. But each one of these, there's something different about the pe- compassion that Jesus has that we can look at and bring into our own lives because he is our example. We are commanded to be like Christ. We are commanded to try to strive for that image, right? We see Jesus, the author, uh, author and finisher of our faith. If he's writing the story of our faith, we're supposed to be living it out. Uh, we see how Christians are to be, uh, the, the, the very word Christian was not a label that we gave ourselves. It was given to the church at Antioch because they were like Christ. The folks of that city said, these people, they're, they're, they're like that, that Jesus that called himself the Christ. There was something about them that set them apart. This is a commandment, this is a challenge that we have and a 2,000 year old challenge that has not yet expired. And it will not yet expire until the day where we see Jesus face to face. We see the first example of Jesus' compassion in Matthew chapter 20. And I uh, uh, will move around a lot in scripture. Uh, and I, I'm going to tell you, I cheat a little bit. I put tabs in my Bible because I can't talk and turn pages at the same time. So I have uh, uh, tabs to go there quicker. But uh, first verse we're going to be looking at is Matthew chapter number 20. Matthew chapter number 20 in verse number 34 Matthew chapter number 20 and verse number 34 is where we're going to be uh, looking at the first example of Jesus' compassion uh, for a specific or two specific individuals uh, this evening. Matthew chapter number 20 and verse number 34. In Matthew chapter 20, verse number 34, we see an example of two men who were born blind. And I'll actually back up to verse number 30. It says, Behold, Two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. They had not seen Jesus. These two men had sat blind and begging. The outcome of their life was thus that day in and day out, somebody would either have to lead them or they would just sleep there in that same spot. Day in and day out, somebody would take them to where they needed to go, where they would beg for money, beg for bread, beg for food, and that was to be their life. That was to be the everyday, day in, day out, over and over. And they heard Jesus was in town, and they got excited because they knew Jesus can heal. Jesus can change. And as they're crying out to Jesus, the multitude, that's the crowd around them, rebuked them. They're saying, Lord, help us. Thou son of David, help us. And the multitude said, whoa, 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 whoa. Just just calm down, quiet down. Just leave him a be. 
they wanted them to hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the Bible says, And Jesus stood still and called them, and said, What will that I, what will ye that I should do unto you? Now Jesus was not blind. He knew the state that they were in. But he wanted them to get to the point where they asked him specifically to help. They said, Lord, that our eyes may be open. And after asking that of Jesus, Jesus, the Bible says, and Jesus had, there's that word, compassion. And Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. What do we see specifically about the compassion of Jesus in this cause? Jesus' compassion changed the circumstances of life. Not just talking about the eternal, but we're talking about, in this case, the physical, right? If we're to be like Jesus and we're to be uh, the, uh, doing things the way that Jesus did, sometimes if we're to have compassion, it's going to involve us having to go out and change the circumstances of somebody else's life for the better. Whether it is bringing somebody in need uh, of some food or uh, you're hearing somebody at the hospital and going there to cheer them up. Whether it's as you're driving down the road and of course they're nowadays you do have to be a little bit careful but you see somebody on the side of the road that needs some help that uh, is troubling how many times do we just well I, I gotta be I have I have a destination I've got to get to and man I, I'm, I, I'm strapped for time I, I can't help and we just drive right on by but Jesus's compassion was such that he looked to change the circumstances of these men's life. Think about it. They had gone from being unable to see, from being that day in, day out, dreary drag of having to sit and beg and plead for somebody just to give them a little bit of money to buy some food or somebody just to give them a little bit of bread, some way just to earn their ba basic uh, needs of survival. And Jesus said, no, 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 we're not going to do that anymore. Now you can see. Now you can go out and get a job for yourselves. Now you can go out and pursue uh, the, the things that I have for you in this life to be able to do what, what, what you need to do. So sometimes if we're to have compassion the way that Jesus had compassion, it does involve us changing the circumstances of somebody's life. The second one, example of the compassion of Jesus, I see in Mark chapter number 1. Mark chapter number one. This is really the passage of scripture that uh, built this whole Bible study uh, as I was preparing for, the, for this uh, opportunity is in Mark chapter number one. Mark chapter number one. We already looked at this verse once, but it's verse 41 is where that word compassion is. Jesus who... oftentimes was not viewed by the, the public as being somebody that, that was of, of major interest until he started to do miracles. He was the carpenter's son. He was the one that sat with publicans and sinners. But as he began to preach and began to do these miracles, people thought, hey, this, this, is, this is somebody. This is someone we want to be around and yet Jesus never let any of that pride get to his head. He never let himself uh, uh, succumb to that. It says, uh, as at when, and he preached, in, this is in verse 39 of Mark chapter number one, uh, and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. And there came 
a leper to him, besieging him, and kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion. Compassion being that action to that feeling of sympathy. Uh, the, the, the word compassion, uh, uh, simply, uh, a simple definition of it means to suffer together. You have that prefix, uh, uh, come, that's with, that's uh, uh, together. Passio, that's to suffer, so we are suffering together. Jesus is moved with compassion is that he sees the circumstances of the lives of those who he is going to have compassion on, and he is suffering with them in that he has such love for them, such care for them, that he has to do something to make a difference. This leper who had come and, and, and realized leprosy and I, I know most of us have grown up in church we've heard this a million times leprosy being a disease uh, that was one that led uh, that person who was leprous to be shunned by society because it was such a a, a, a transmis, uh, transmittable disease uh, just being around somebody you could can, uh, get that disease of leprosy it was a flesh eating disease it was nothing that you wanted to have and to when, when, when a leper would be walking down the streets, he'd have to declare to everyone around him, hey, I'm unclean. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. Don't do anything. And this leper goes to Jesus and says, I know that you can make me clean. I know that you have the power to make a difference for the circumstance that I am in. Jesus, help me. And Jesus then has, he is, the Bible says, moved with compassion, does something interesting. He puts forth his hand and he touched him. Now we've seen times in the scripture where Jesus audibly spoke and people were healed, right? You remember the, the centurion who went to Jesus and said, my servant is sick. And Jesus said, well, let me enter into the house. And he said, you don't even have to come into the house. Just speak the word and I know it'll happen. Jesus spoke the word and the man was healed. Jesus did not have to touch the leper. But because he is moved with compassion, he touches him and says unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed and he was cleansed. The second example of Jesus' compassion is a compassion that touched the untouchable. A compassion that touched the untouchable. Aren't you glad that Jesus has compassion for the untouchable? Aren't you glad that you and I, when we were dead in our trespasses and sin, when our, uh, our very righteousness was as filthy rags, and Jesus says, look, I love you. I have compassion for you. I have the uh, uh, desire. I'm suffering with you. I know you're sin sick. I know you have uh, 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 something that you cannot change by yourself to the point that I love you so much. I'm going to reach down and I'm going to touch you. How many times have we seen somebody and just didn't want to get our hands dirty? Didn't want to be involved. Didn't want to, well, you know the drama of that person. Yeah? You know, listen, I, their family, I've, I've known them for years. Listen, you have no idea how they really are. Jesus does. Jesus knows you. In that secret heart of heart that you would not let anyone know about, that untouchable part of you, that if somebody were to uh, uh, take and broadcast the very inside of you to a, uh, 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 that, that big screen up there, we'd probably die of shame. And Jesus says, I, I, I love you enough that I'm going to touch you. 
and we're not willing to invest the time to love those who by the sake of this world are unlovable not willing to spend time to uh, 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 be with the one who's derelict the one who's going through uh, problems with addiction the one who's going through problems with their marriage the one who has a rebellious child the one who's hurt others the one who is uh, just the very dregs of society and we're not willing to say I, I want to be a help Jesus' compassion led him to touch the untouchable. So his compassion changed the circumstances, the physical circumstances of the lives of the blind man. His compassion led him to touch the untouchable. Number three, Jesus' compassion is found in Mark chapter number six, verse 24. Mark chapter number six, verse 24 is gonna be where the third one is. Mark chapter number six and verse number 24. is where we will begin, or not 24, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm off 34. For, for some of the kids that have, that, that have been in my Sunday school class, they know I have terrible handwriting, and so I'm having an issue with my own handwriting. Uh, in verse number 34, and the Bible says, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. He began to teach them many things. This, of course, is uh, the, the feeding of the 5,000 is recorded a couple tif- different times in Scripture, and we see that where Jesus says he sees the multitude and he is moved with compassion because they are scattered as sheep. What we do not see, if we just were to look at that one passage of Scripture, is we don't see where Jesus is in this moment. Just before Jesus has this time where he feeds the 5,000, him and his disciples go through an incredible loss, an incredible heartache. The Bible says this, uh, <clears throat> and immediately in verse number 27 of Mark chapter 6, the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in prison and brought his head in a charger and gave it to the damsel. And the damsel gave it to her mother. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took the corpse and laid it in the tomb. This, of course, is John the Baptist. Whose relation is that? That's Jesus' cousin. His cousin is killed. And Jesus and his disciples hear it. And he says to his disciples, come ye yourselves apart. We're going to get away into a desert place and we're going to rest a while. Because there's a, there's a lot in the middle of this personal uh, a problem, in the middle of this personal calamity, they're still serving. They're still in the ministry. They're still doing what they're supposed to do to the point that Jesus says, look, we got to get apart. We got to rest a while because there had been much coming and going. There's much going on to the point that they had not even had time to eat. They were in such a busy season and the biggest uh, heartache of their life and they tried to get away to a desert place where they can rest, where they can be away from it all. And what followed them? Multitude. And Jesus looks out in the middle of his own personal calamity, in his own personal heartache. And what's the Bible say? It doesn't say that he told him, look, I, I, I need some time. And yes, there is time. We're not, we, we are not Jesus. There is time that we need to be able to make sure that we have something to give. But I'm pretty sure through the power of Christ, we can give more than we thought we had. 
Even when we're in the middle of our, 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 the hardships of life and you say, Pat, look, 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 look. Uh, Brother Jonathan, you don't understand. <clears throat> I've been going through financial problems. I've been having issues with my marriage and I, 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 my kids have driving me absolutely up a wall. I've got four of them, believe me, I know. <clears throat> my kids decided this week that they were going to paint the front of the house with the mud from the, 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 the front yard. Um, they make me want to pull my hair out. But uh, <clears throat> in the midst of his own personal calamity, Jesus looks out and he sees this multitude and he says, they're scattered. He's not worried about himself. He's removed himself from the picture so that he could have compassion, so that he could do an action to, for the, 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 the multitude. Even in the midst of his own personal calamity. Aren't you glad that when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't say, look, I, I don't think I feel like having my hands nailed. That, that seems like something I really don't want. But the cross literally was his compassion. We, we call it what? The passion of Jesus. Him dying on the cross. The very action so that we could be redeemed. So we see the compassion of Jesus change the circumstances of, uh, of life. The compassion of Jesus moved him to touch the untouchable. The compassion of Jesus uh, 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 came despite his own personal catastrophe. We see also in Mark chapter number 8. Mark chapter number 8. This is the other feeding of the, this is the feeding of the 4,000. Not to be confused with the feeding of the 5,000. Mark chapter number 8. The Bible says this in Mark chapter number 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 1. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto, them, unto him and saith unto them, I have, there's that word, I have compassion on the multitude. Compassion to suffer together. Compassion being uh, that, that, that sympathy with action put to it. I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. The circumstances are different here. In the first circumstance of the feeding of the 5,000, the people are there. They are hungry for Jesus even though Jesus had gone through the, 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 the hardship. In this instance where the feeding of the, uh, uh, the uh, 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 4,000, they had been people who were hungry, who were learning, who Jesus was teaching, and they had been with Jesus for three days. How many of y'all would like that to be, be, be the, the, the Sunday school time frame? Three days straight, right? Three days. Jesus is teaching them. He is with the multitude, and he sees a problem. He says, I have compassion on because they've been with me these three days and have nothing to eat and if I send them away fasting to their own houses they will faint by the way for diverse of them came from far he's saying look I know these folks they've been here they some of them traveled a long way I'm worried if I send them away because they have been with me because they have been weary in well doing they've been doing what they're supposed to do they haven't uh, it's not like they've been uh, careless they're where they're supposed to be learning at my feet. And if I send them away, they're going to faint. They're going to fail. They're not going to be able to, to, to make it. 
Jesus is, this is number four, Jesus' compassion strengthened those who were weary in well-doing. You may be here tonight and you say, look, Brother Johnny, the, 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 those first uh, things, that they, they, didn't really, they didn't really apply to me. It's not that I haven't been willing to reach the untouchable. It's not that I haven't been willing uh, to work outside of my personal calamity. It's not that I haven't been willing to look at the personal uh, circumstances of somebody else's life and try to be a help. I, I've been doing all those things, but I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm burnt out. Jesus' compassion led him to strengthen those who are weary and well-doing. I think it'd be fair to say there are folks even in this room tonight who we know are, have been serving and, and been doing right and trying to live right and it seems like no matter what they do, it seems things just aren't working out for them. We can look for others and try to show the compassion that Jesus showed to strengthen those who are weary and well-doing. In, in, in uh, uh, Sunday school class, the uh, uh, um, series that we've been in, we've been looking at the background characters uh, in, in the scriptures. We've been looking at that with the kids. And uh, w- one of the lessons was uh, uh, the story of Moses having his hands held up uh, by, uh, 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 um, by um, wow, I just went blank. Uh, uh, um, when, when Joshua and them were fighting and, and Moses had to have his hands held up, he was tired he was worn out he was trying to do right and he was trying to help see the battle uh, uh see the battle through and as joshua and the, the the army of israel are fighting as long as moses's hands were held up the battle was good and the israelites were winning and then his hands got tired and they started to come down and the battle was not so good for the people of israel it wasn't until somebody came by and held up the hands of moses Dear Christian, today let's look for other Christians who have been trying to serve, but they're tired. They're worn out. They've been, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a teacher in the school, or uh, uh, maybe it's a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it's uh, somebody in the choir that you know they've been going through a lot of sickness, and, and they're, just, they're just tired. Write them a note. Do something to show your compassion that that's, has action to it, Right? Sympathy says compassion does. Showing that, you put an action behind our care and showing the love of Christ through us. So Jesus had, Jesus' compassion, compassion changed the circumstances of life. Jesus' compassion touched those who were untouchable. Jesus' compassion came despite his own personal uh, uh, catastrophe Jesus' compassion strengthened the weary in well-doing. Number five, Jesus' compassion found in Luke number seven, verse 13. This is the one that's going to get me. Luke chapter number seven, verse number 13. All these other instances of of Jesus' compassion, you say, yes, he cared, uh, but... Some of those, they really weren't a big deal. If, if, if those folks that had gone to hear him had just kind of thought things through and brought their own lunch, they'd have been perfectly fine, right? Here's one instance where the compassion of Jesus, and this is why we have to have Jesus' compassion, not the compassion of this world. It has to come from God. Because the compassion of Jesus is the only thing that's going to bring life and hope 
where none remains. Not that there had not been life and hope in the circumstance we're about to talk about, but that there had been hope, there had been life, and it was gone. That's only something Jesus can do. In uh, Luke chapter number 7, the Bible says this in verse number 11, and it came to pass um, the day after that he went into a city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. The only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. Think of the, 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 the circumstance. This is not somebody who had just died. This is somebody who had died. The funeral has been had. They have said their goodbyes. Hope is gone. They are taking him on a funeral bier. That is the funeral. That was the, what, what they carried them. They would take him out of the city to bury him. Imagine being this mother. This is your little boy. You've had hopes, you've had dreams for this boy. You, you knew he was going to get married and you knew he was going uh, to have beautiful kids and uh, you knew he was going to uh, do well in life and you just, this was your baby boy. And that hope's gone. Tonight you may be in this room and whatever circumstance of your life, you've given up hope. You've given up hope maybe for your marriage. You've given up hope for where you're at in your job. You've given up hope in your finances. You've given up hope for that prodigal child who has gone astray. You've given up hope for that mother or father who will not accept the words that Jesus has. You've given up hope for the very country that we live in because there's no hope for it anymore. But that's not the way Jesus these things. Jesus has compassion and the compassion that Jesus has is the kind of compassion that can take and bring life and hope into a situation that life and hope no longer existed. So number one, Jesus' compassion changed the circumstances of life. Number two, Jesus' compassion touched the untouchable. Number three, Jesus' compassion came despite his own personal catastrophe. Number four, Jesus' compassion strengthened the weary and well-doing. Number five, Jesus' compassion brought life and hope to a circumstance where there was none left. And number six, my last of my examples, I told you we were going to build a foundation, we we're going to build a bridge, and then we'll pick back up to that foundation and I'll be done. Jesus' compassion still exists today. Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. In this instance is a teaching of Jesus, not necessarily an exact activity in which Jesus was a part of. But I think we can see where Jesus is in this story. We all know the story. Luke chapter number 15 Verse number 11, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Can't be by dad when I'm about to do what I'm about to do. Can't let dad see. I'm gonna go out into that far country and I'm gonna waste, he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, 
there arose mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. We know the story. This is the prodigal son. He has gotten to the point where all the fun and all the money and all that has dried up and he is in want. Remember, Jesus culturally is Jewish. This prodigal was Jewish. And what is the one job this Jewish prodigal does? It's feeding the pigs. Something that was unclean, something that was not to be touched, something was not to be, we, we, we weren't, weren't going to associate it. And it got to the point where the prodigal's like, man, I have hit rock bottom. I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to say, Father, I, I don't deserve to be your son anymore. Don't call me son anymore. Just please give me a job. I don't care if it's the lowest job of the low. I don't care if I have to scrub the toilets. I don't, whatever it is, just, just treat me like one of your servants. Treat me as one of the people that you just hired. And the Bible says this in verse number 20. And he arose and he came to his father. And the Bible says, but. But. When he was yet a great way off. He hadn't even made it home yet. He had not made it to his destination. He had not had, I'm sure as he's walking, the prodigal's walking on his way home. He's sitting there thinking, what's it going to be like when I knock on that door? The door opens and dad sees me. And he's playing through in his mind. Well, how many times do we play through all the worst case scenario, right? You know, full, full explosion, everything's going to fail. This, this prodigal's on his way. It's not going to work. I'm, I'm on knock at my door. At least, at least I got to try. Just my very survival depends on, I at least got to try. Even if dad rejects me, I just got to try. And the Bible says, but when he was afar off. When he was afar off. His father saw him. And the Bible says, and had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck. Jesus' compassion, the same compassion that he showed to the multitudes, the same compassion that he showed to the leper, the same compassion he showed to the blind men, the same compassion that he t- showed to the widow and her son when they were dying or when he, was, when he was dead and there was no hope left, all of that compassion that Jesus had then still remains today for you and I. If you're in this room today and you do not know Jesus as Savior, you do not know if you were to step out into eternity tonight where you would land your feet in heaven or hell. You do not know that your sins are forgiven you. You do not know the love of God. Let tonight be the night of salvation. The compassion of Jesus that led him to the cross. That let, we're, we're entering into Easter time. I know for, for our Sunday school, uh, uh, for the juniors for Sunday school, we're get, gearing up to start looking at the, uh, uh, building up to the crucifixion and the Easter story. What is the Easter story? What is the crucifixion? It's the compassion of Jesus for the world. Most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son right? Jesus has compassion. His compassion still remains today and still calls anyone who is afar off. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter what you've done. You may be in this room and I've been a Christian for years, but I have something hidden in my heart that if you knew what I thought inside, if you knew... I'd be ashamed. I wouldn't even be able to show my face at church. And, but look, you have no idea and you have no, look, I know Jesus had uh, 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 died for me and I know he saved me and I know him and I were close at one point in time and I've gotten a far way off and there's no way I could show my face to Jesus again. And Jesus says, come home. 
Come home, I have compassion for you now. So we are to have compassion. We looked earlier at how we're commanded to do that, right? We, Jesus said that new commandment give, I give to you to have love one another. I've built the bridge. I've given examples. Now we bring it into this. What are you going to do with it? You have the choice this evening. Are you going to show that compassion that Jesus showed to you and tell others about him? Are you going to show that compassion to those who you can find in, and we have divine appointments every single day. I work pest control. I chase bugs and, 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 and rodents and, and all those creepy crawly things. But even, even in that, there's so many times where I've had opportunities to be in people's houses when they got the worst news of their life as a divine appointment of God to say, can I pray with you? Can I pray with you? Can I be a help? You have divine appointments, every single one of us in this room today. Lined up for tomorrow. You don't know that they're on the docket. You don't know that they're on the schedule, but Jesus does. And he says, I've got, I, I have enough compassion. Borrow my compassion. Use my compassion. Let me fill you. Let me use you so that you can share my love to the world. You just got to be open. There's a story, and I, I, I'm done. An example. We know the tragedy of the Titanic and how many lives were lost on that night where somebody, for whatever reason, missed, didn't do their job, whatever the case. I know a lot of people have studied it and, and, and know more about it than I do. But I do know this fact about it. The night that the Titanic went down, there was a man by the name of Harold Lowe. He was 29 years old and he was an officer on board the Titanic. He was the only person who kept returning to the wreck in his boat to try to pull people out of the freezing water. Everyone else had gotten on the lifeboats. They were good. They were safe. They went to, the, uh, 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 to be rescued of them themselves. Mr. Lowe, despite fearing his boat would be swamped by desperate people, turned his boat around and went back and saved six people. You say, six ain't that many. It's not even a whole handful. Six people for the sake of eternity. He saved six people. Why? He had compassion. He had compassion. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Brother Bo, I'm going to let you do the invitation.